You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. I would like to go to Acts chapter 28, verse 2 and verse 3. I want to remind you that after lunch today at 2 o'clock, do not miss. Uh, please everyone come out. We will have a special forum where we're going to share a little bit about our ministry, what's happening, different factors of our ministry through the filter of uh, internship. And so it's for everybody. It's not just for those who have kids or those who want to be interns, but it's for everyone at two o'clock today after lunch. And the natives showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain there was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. I want to speak to you briefly on this Saturday morning. Build fire. Turn to your neighbor say build fire. Turn to your other neighbor say don't make excuses but build a fire in Jesus name. This is a story of Apostle Paul going on his way to Rome and he was a prisoner. He was on a ship he advised the captain not to go at this particular time. The captain did not obey Paul because Paul was a prisoner. Paul didn't have experience as a sailor and therefore the, the captain did whatever he wanted and Paul got ignored. His advice got disregarded and the Bible says that as Paul said the storm came and this storm was so powerful that it destroyed the whole ship and the ship scattered and Paul had to hold on to broken pieces of the ship to arrive on the island. When he arrived on the island, not only he just been through the storm, not only he's seen his ship being wrecked, but the Bible says in here, it was very cold on the island. Not like it's cold in here, like this was a lot colder. And it was raining. I can imagine Paul all of his clothes are wet. He is freezing. He just survived the shipwreck. He's on the island and it's raining and it's cold. And Paul instead of freezing to death, he allows the natives to start a fire and he helps to find some sticks and to keep this fire going. I want to speak to you briefly about those people who maybe been through the storm and who maybe had certain things been wrecked in your life and maybe you give yourself an excuse to stay cold, to stay passive because of what you've been through and to reduce your Christianity to just going to church or just cruising through because of what you've been through in your life. Your storm, your shipwreck, your past disappointments, delays of God's promises in your life is not an excuse to freeze on the island. You gotta build fire. Paul was not serving the devil, he was serving God and he experienced shipwreck. Paul was not selling drugs and that's why he had a storm. Paul was preaching the gospel and he had a storm. Sometimes when you do the right thing, 
for a long time you experience a shipwreck you experience a storm and the devil comes and says listen now I want you to tone your Christianity down don't hope anymore don't be radical anymore don't be bold anymore don't pass don't fast anymore don't pray anymore why because look what that got you don't be like that person be like Paul whatever thing has been delayed whatever thing has been broken maybe your ship your marriage got wrecked maybe your kids right now are wrecked maybe your business got wrecked by the bankruptcy maybe your ministry is not lifting off on the opposite it's shut down and you find yourself on the island just literally freezing you got breath in your nostrils use it don't die at 40 and they'll bury you at 80. Die when you die and live when you're breathing. And to live is to fight. To live is to burn. To live is to dream. To live is to be bold. To live is to have an edge. To live is to burn. To live is to take radical steps of faith. If you're breathing, live so what the devil took your ship so what somebody broke your heart so what somebody backstabbed you and abandoned you you're breathing build fire build fire build fire build fire you owe it to every person on dialysis in the local hospitals to build fire there are people in the hospitals who dream their dream consists of one thing that you have right now but you looking at your life and your emotional trauma and saying I can't burn for God look what people have done to me you don't have a tumor lodged in your brain live you're not fighting for your next breath live burn oh you don't know Vlad my dad was a pastor my uncle was a pastor. The church politics have caused me to lose my passion for God. Jesus did not lose your passion to die for your nastiness and my craziness and he still has eyes burning. Who am I to lose my passion over church politics? Shipwreck, storm is not an excuse to freeze to death in this season of your life. You don't have time to blame everybody who put you in the storm, who wrecked your ship. You got a breath in your nostrils. That means you have a reason to burn. You know when you stop burning? When your heart stops beating. If it's beating, it better be burning. You're in America for goodness sake. If there is any person in the world who has no reason to just simply freeze to death, it is you and I. There are millions of people that would go to hell if you freeze to death. Millions of people will go to hell if you choose to freeze to death. You gotta burn. But I've been doing it for 10 years. Nothing happened. Do it for next 20. Burn. When you look at the eyes of Jesus right now and John did Jesus after being betrayed, being betrayed, rejected, being killed and the church going through all of the church was going through persecution but when John looked at the eyes of Jesus I want you to see this his eyes were not tired they were burning 
Some of you are tired and you're 30. You're looking at the wrong thing. You keep looking at the wounds that people left you, the drama that's in church, the delay of your dreams. Fix your eyes on his eyes and your eyes will catch fire. Fire. Micah was Saul, Saul's daughter and David's wife. Micah went through very, very difficult life. At a young age, she became a daughter of a, of a king. Her dad, after a while, disobeyed God. The Holy Spirit left him. He became mental. He went on this killing spree, killing priests. Her dad, half of the time, was needed to be locked up in a psychic clinic because he was crazy. And she lived with that. She gets married to a young guy named David. She falls in love. Her dreams are coming true and finds out her father is trying to kill her husband. She manufactures a story that her husband is sick but in reality she lets him go. She loses a marriage. She gets married to some other guy, finally decides to establish her life, finds out her dad and most of her family gets killed in a battle. Talk about drama. Talk about shipwreck. Talk about a storm. Her brother takes the throne Things are getting a little bit better than finds out somebody cuts off his head. Not his finger, his head. It's a drama. And then her ex-husband who has moved on says, I'm not becoming a king until my wife who has resettled with another man comes back to me. And her world gets twisted again. So when Micah moves in with David, she developed this passive attitude. She's seen it all. She's been the daughter of the king. She's now a wife of the king. And when David is there going all crazy for God because see David's been burned. David's been rejected. David's been hunted all of his life. But David realizes this. If I have a breath, I will have fire. He's burning for God and Micah stands there at the window and the Bible says she was judging him. She had a really good view but had no attitude good. And you know what the Bible says, and she was barren till she died. Maybe you went through drama and trauma in your life and it gave you a reason to be judgmental instead of a revivalist. I want to throw you down from that window right now and tell you, you either in or you out. There is no alternatives. Whatever fence you're sitting in, the Holy Spirit wants to electrocute this weekend. Because the little boy that was sitting on the window and he got tired of Paul's preaching. He didn't sit on that window too long. The Bible says he fell over and he died. If you freeze, you're gonna die. But our mission today at this conference is to say whatever has happened to you is not an excuse to live a passive life. If you're breathing, you gotta be burning. Somebody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you breathing? Turn to your other neighbors say, you gotta be burning. If you know a time where you love Jesus more than today, you're backslidden. If you can point to a time when you love Jesus more than right now, you are a backslider. If you live on yesterday's relationship with God, remember the manna Israel ate from yesterday had worms in it. You're not going to be a revival, you're going to be a religion. You got to live on what God is doing today in your life. 
Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, not proceeded, proceeds from the mouth of God. God is not the great I was. He's not the great I will be. He's the great I am. He's the God of now. And that means that your passion for God has to be now. Your fasting life has to be now. Your prayer life has to be now. Your holiness has to be now. Your dedication has to be now. Your consecration has to be now. Your revival has to be now. Your faith has to be now. Touch your neighbor, say now. Not tomorrow. Not when you were 16. Not when you were 12 at the camp, but now. Some of you, your best days were when you were 15 and you got baptized. Some of you older people, the best days was when the communists persecuted you. Those were the days where the demons came out. Those were the days where people got healed. That is great, but that means you backslidden. I don't want my best testimonies to be six years ago, seven years ago. I don't want to just brag about salvation that happened 10 years ago. I want to see that today and increasing because Bible says we go from glory to glory. I don't have a luxury of living on what God did five years ago. It has to be what God did today, what God does now. Church, if we are the people who will settle for what he did yesterday and we glorify what he did yesterday and we don't seek him today we will be like Abraham who offers an Isaac because God told him three days ago offer an Isaac but if Abraham would not listen to God now he would have killed the next generation I believe the next generation is dying because we live on yesterday's manna we're like Pharisees we glorify Moses, kill Jesus and pray to be used in revival tomorrow. Anything that God does today, this is not from God. The demons shouldn't be speaking. Why are people falling? And you always have, you're always against everything. You're either a critic of revival or a creator of revival. But there is no middle ground. I create revival. You create revival. So we give critics a job. Because if you don't create anything, critics have nothing to criticize. You need to keep having revival because critics will be unemployed. Each one of us have to decide, are you going to be a Pharisee or are you going to be a Christ in your generation? A Pharisee glorified Moses, but a Christ was moving and doing things. Yes, they were not conventional. Yes, it bothered few religious rules, but people were getting saved. People were getting healed. People were getting delivered and God was being glorified. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. So I challenge you right now, let's not live on what God did yesterday. Let's live on what God does today. Let's press in today. Let's have our best fasting days. Let's best sacrifices days. Not five years ago, not ten years ago. And don't you dare to use an excuse. I've been through it all. I got burned. Yeah, I know how all of this goes. You know too much and experience too little. We have to experience things. Demons know that Jesus is Lord and they're going to hell. That's not helping them. That knowledge, but we have to tremble before God and have hunger for the Holy Spirit today. Come on somebody. Are you with me? Another thing that I want to point out, don't use the little blessings that God gives as a result of pursuit of Him, as a distraction from Him. All the blessings God gives us, it's to give us a greater desire to pursue Him, not to quench that desire to pursue Him. 
if God brings that one salvation to your youth group it does not mean that you have to fast less it just simply means when he gives us fruit he says he wants to prune so we bear more fruit there is more that exists in Jesus name are you with me I want you to see the following thing is that not only don't make excuses make fire but when Paul makes fire he actually did not make fire it says the natives kindled fire and Paul brought sticks bundled together to the fire natives kindled somebody say kindle not like Amazon kindle but like like start a fire natives means people who lived there they knew the stuff around they had a little bit of gasoline probably they had a little spark so they quickly started the fire and apostle Paul did not sit by the fire natives started he realized it's not gonna last so what he did is he went into the woods cold freezing his clothes are I mean he's soaked everything is soaked with cold and he's going to the woods and on the top of that it's raining it's so hard to find a dry stick but Paul is looking for a stick he is tired he's a prisoner I don't want to live no more why, why why did God do all this stuff but Paul doesn't think like that Paul is savage Paul is the man prisoner cold shipwrecked beaten before and he is looking for fire because he knows a secret conference kindles a fire my choices keep the fire natives kindle the fire but Paul knows within two hours it's gone if I want to have it I gotta find me some dry sticks around an area where everything is wet. Bisoni will kindle the fire. Prayer, fasting and generosity will keep it. Vlad will kindle the fire. Prayer, fasting and giving will keep it. Conference will kindle the fire. Prayer, fasting and giving will keep it. Summer camp will kindle the fire but it will not keep the fire. Prayer, fasting and giving will keep the fire. A book will kindle the fire. Prayer, fasting and giving keeps the fire. God doesn't want you to go from conference to conference. God wants you to come to a conference. God wants me to come to a conference for a native to kindle it. Only for me to start looking for sticks. And let me tell you about your life little bit from mine it's so hard to find a dry stick in a wet world so hard to find time for prayer because you're busy you got kids you got a business you got a wife you got a husband you got friends you got a home group you're a social bunny you're the life of the group in your church you don't go to sleep until two o'clock so your world is wet and to find a dry stick is so hard therefore your fire doesn't last more than one week after every conference why because your world is wet and to find a dry stick is very difficult and I'm challenging you right now make prayer your highest priority during the day your world will always be wet 
find a dry stick and the dry stick is this you carve out time where you meet with God on a regular basis you pay a price to meet with God on a regular basis you may say well, that is hard you don't understand I am so busy unlike you I have a real-time job <laughs> I have my uncle one time came to me I was in already in youth ministry he says Vlad when are you gonna get a real job I said at the same time when you're gonna pick up your Bible <laughs> if you think that you're gonna work at church and you're gonna pray statistics says on the average a pastor in America prays 15 minutes a week and that's the pastor that has church as his employment church is not going to fix your prayer life if prayer is not important instead of meeting with God you're going to find to meet with people more you will always have an excuse not to pray it's the same way as to find a dry stick in the wet world you just gotta make time to pray that means that if you're a social bunny and you need to hang out with people till 11 you have to ask yourself a question who is more important my people or the Holy Spirit you see you can't put it like that that's the only way you have to put it in and you have to tell your precious friends you guys we're meeting all the way till 10 30 why because tomorrow I have a meeting what is your meeting and I gotta come to that meeting early it's my meeting with the Holy Spirit oh but, but, but if I don't meet with them maybe you're a pastor and you say if I don't meet with them they'll leave my church if God brought him he'll keep him if God doesn't keep him you don't want him you don't God gives us 24 hours and we have enough time to meet with people, enough time to be with our kids, enough time to be with our family, enough time to even watch TV and be on social media. But if we don't make a decision to pray regularly at least 20, 30 or 40 or an hour a day and we pay a price for that prayer regularly, that fire will die seven days after this kindling because conference kindles it the choice to pray keeps putting fire Paul knew that no matter how tired you are you gotta make it to prayer that's why in our church we have doors open at five o'clock Monday to Friday and we value prayer we put priority on prayer my English is not perfect my appearance is not the best I shouldn't succeed in what I'm doing in ministry. The fact that you are here of the kind of church, the kind of city that we are in, it's not because I'm educated. I have high school diploma and that's all I have. I've released a book. It's not because I'm genu genius or smart. I can tell you one thing. When you get down on your knees before God, He'll take a nobody, make him somebody, to tell him, to tell everybody about the only somebody who's Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you make time for prayer don't be like Queen Vashti who the king married her and then one time the king says hey Vashti come I want to show you to my my man and my princess and Vashti says I'm so busy with the women's ministry this was the first women's ministry in the Bible Vashti was leading it they had women's meeting she was busy making a feast for women and she says I can't come to you and I want you to see what happened the king removed her crown because she put the palace above the presence she never stopped being his wife she became his concubine see if you treat God as your boss 
he'll treat you as his maid but God was never looking for a maid he was always looking for a bride and the bride understand that doing chores in the house is important but being with the husband of the house is the priority Martha learned this the hard way we are so busy making sandwiches Jesus did not order when Jesus says only one thing is needed and Mary has chosen the good part this I have against you says the Lord in Ephesus in Revelation he says you do great things awesome things I love that but one thing I have against you you lost your first love he says repent remember repent and come back otherwise I'll remove your lamp from your lamp stand meaning you lose your crown you lose your influence you lose the grace you lose the anointing you still have the ministry you will still have your Facebook account you will still have your Instagram account you will still have a title you will still have the diploma you still have the names after your name but God says you will do it on your own prayer is the priority a bundle of sticks the second stick that you need to stick it together with prayer is fasting and I'm not saying fasting because you have a problem that you can't solve that's important to fast fasting it's not because you have a problem you can solve but fasting as a lifestyle fasting for the purpose that you have because you can solve a problem and in many people when the problem is solved the fasting life stops God wants you to continue to fast even when the problem ended because you have a purpose that is still to be utilized for God Jesus didn't fast for 40 days because his mom was sick Jesus did not fast for 40 days because they were trying to sue him Jesus fasted for 40 days because he had a purpose bigger than himself when Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, your disciples are not fasting. Pharisees are fasting. John's disciples are fasting. Your disciples are not fasting. And Jesus said this. He says, can the friends of the groom fast when the groom is with them? The answer is no. You don't fast at the wedding. He says, but when the groom will be removed, then they will fast. Meaning, when the presence of Jesus, the manifest presence of Jesus is being distant from you, you got to start to fast. So we don't fast for problems only, we fast for a purpose and we fast for the presence. And we keep on fasting. Fasting is a sacrifice. You don't realize how much of addiction you have to food until you start fasting. And no matter how experienced you are in fasting, you still have problem with fasting. I do. I remember this last time we were fasting this month and uh, it was the same time that my AC broke in my house so 90 degrees in the house it's very hot like you already have a headache your breath stinks your attitude stinks everything stinks you know like when you're fasting the first day you're like man who invented this thing why do we have to fast and and I'm thinking I'm like and I let every dog everybody's fasting in church and I come home and I'm just I just want to die so I'm deciding I have some money on my Starbucks card I'm like I'm gonna go end the fast fix the AC tomorrow and I'll start the fast again because I'm like I can't endure the fasting in this heat Jesus did it for 40 days but I can't do it for 40 minutes it's so hard so I go to local Starbucks and I'm thinking make sure nobody's you know I'm, I'm praying secretly that God will not allow nobody from our church to be there there's nothing the worst than the catch pastor eating when he told everybody to fast <laughs> nothing is worse than that so <laughs> I come on my moped to Starbucks to end the fast because I'm from, I'm, that's it, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm so, I've give up already. So it's just like I'm about to land. I fell but I'm about to land. And so as I arrive to Starbucks and I see my friend Omar. 
with his Bible. He doesn't know this. Actually, the first time he's hearing this, he's sitting there in the middle of Starbucks with his Bible and water. I go in there to end it. And when I saw him, I'm like, man, you're such a loser. You can't fast and disciples are fasting and you over here. And so I quickly came in. I was like, oh my man, fasting is doing good. I'm like, oh yeah, man, God is moving. I got me some water with ice, got my Bible, that's it, that's it, the Holy Spirit is moving. It's crazy how ice snapped out quickly. And the next day fasting continued, the third day fasting continued and everything was fine. And I can tell you one thing is that fasting is something that keeps the fire. Fasting is the fire of God. Fasting brings the fire. You have to fast. Jesus says not if you fast, when you fast. And most of you, you have excuses. I can't fast. Why? Because I work. What do you think the rest of us do? What do you think? We fast because we, we, you don't take pause from life when you fast. I can't fast because my stomach won't allow me. My certain foods. Well, maybe you can fast everything, but you can fast something. I want you to make a decision after this conference. This conference will kindle your fire. If you don't fast, I'll give you a prophetic word right, right here for free. Seven days, you're back to the same old you that you were before seven days and that's it for some of you you not even leave this conference and you can be back to the same old you if you don't find sticks and let me tell you right away these sticks you need to find them dry and everything in your life is wet if you think it's because you're such a bad christian join the party we're all the same i exactly the same way my flesh is wet but god wants me to bring a stick that's dry called fasting are you with me and the third stick that we got to bundle it together, it's called giving. I am not talking about tipping. That's what we do in the restaurant after we decide if the meal was good or bad. I'm talking about giving. It's when you don't just give 10% but when you give extravagantly for the glory of God. It's when you sacrifice. And this offense maybe some people and let it be so. But you have to understand your heart is connected to your finances. More than you imagine. Jesus says where your treasure is, what? What did he say? there is your heart meaning if you want to shift things in your heart you got to shift things in your finances if you start to sacrifice financially regularly once a year or twice a year something i'm not talking about sacrifice i'm talking about sacrifice where you feel it for some time i'm talking about sacrifice that when the thought comes into your mind to sacrifice your stomach starts to make weird noises I'm talking about sacrifices where you remember that for some time it stretches you and you may say well Vlad are you saying for us to just give up money listen newsflash you're gonna die lawyers are gonna fight for your money anyway everything you made and on your funeral will be reduced to one dash you can't take anything with you anyway and if God asks you to give something you don't give it that money is open to the devil and he will never ask he will just take it you're not gonna keep it it's still gonna be gone you'll see i remember i had this story and uh, where uh, i was on my way to ukraine and one girl in our home group she heard that i was going to ukraine she decided to she came in and gave me uh, blessed me with 200 dollars uh, for my trip in ukraine and so i was i was so happy thank you jesus and as i took this 200 dollars we had somebody else in our home group and i felt this in my heart not to take this money but to give this away but you know when somebody blessed you with like 200 dollars it's like it's mine if God would want to give to someone else, He wouldn't give it to me. He would just give it directly to them. 
So I explained it logically. I said, God, first of all, this is mine. I need it more than they do. I'm going to Ukraine. I need this. And so, and I felt this in my heart. Just, just, just give it away. And I said, no. And it was, it was pretty strong. And I was like, Lord, why do you care? 200 bucks, not a big deal. Right before I leave to Ukraine, I had a rental property at the time. And the rental property gets a sewer clog up. So the sewer clogs up, all the stuff in the basement comes out. No big deal. Those of you who have all the rental properties, you know, that's normal. So I took it, went there, put a little snake thing inside and tried to uh, unclog it. 40 minutes later, nothing is done. I smell like poop. I look like poop. Nothing fixed. Next day, my father who fixes all the problems when it comes to things like this. I'm like, if I couldn't fix it, my dad will fix it. We went in there with my dad. Nothing happened. 40 minutes later, I was like, it's like a demon that got into that sewer. You can't pull it out. On the third day I hire a company and we actually right before leaving to Ukraine I hire a company and the company comes in worked for two hours. A problem that usually fixes in five minutes and they said we can't. They're sending me a text message said we're leaving. And I said please guys I'll pay you whatever. You stay there until you fix it. They stayed for one more hour and they gave me $440 bill. And when I paid that bill I felt the Holy Spirit prompted me. He said see you couldn't give 200 but you spent three days and four hundred dollars on poop. <laughs> he said, what, you, what I ask you to give when you don't, devil will take it. So I made a promise with God. I said, God, if you next time tell me, I promise no matter how hard it is, I will give you, protect me from poop. <laughs> from sewer problems, car problems, ticket problems, police problems. God, if you protect me, if you even wink at me, God, it will, I will just give right away. Why? Because I've experienced the sewer and I don't want nothing to do with it. If you want to keep fire, that means you have to be obedient in the area of your giving. And I'm, not, I'm talking about the Lord puts on your heart to bless somebody. The Lord puts on your heart to give somebody a refrigerator, to bless somebody who's in need. You got to act. When God puts on your heart, say, I want to help this conference. I want to help that. You got to run with it. Why? Because when God puts that, that means God is making room for his blessing in your life. And if you say, well, I'll hold it. Then remember there are thieves and there is moth and there is rust. Demons, inflation and your death will still take it. Whatever you don't give. Don't think you'll keep. You'll still lose. It's just a matter of time. Live for eternity. Live for your spiritual fire. Bundle sticks together. Can somebody say amen? What are those three sticks? Prayer, fasting and giving. For those of you who come, you want to receive impartation. You will receive impartation. But remember, impartation does not mean you come back home and God supernaturally overrides your bad habits supernaturally cancels your Netflix subscription, supernaturally cancels your HBO subscription, supernaturally he gives you no desire to watch basketball and to watch football. God supernaturally cancels every single thing you walk in and you start walking on clouds with wings. If that happens to you, you probably took drugs. An average person, this is how it's going to happen. God kindles it. You come home. You're still a little bit cold. You're looking. You're busy. You, you don't want to fast. You're looking at your budget. You're like, man, but we really need that money. It's always wet. And you got to find that dry one stick, another stick, third stick, bundle them together and throw into the fire. Someone kindled next week or two weeks later, a month later, find more. And then your fire is burning. People say, man, you're always on fire. You say, no, I'm just busy looking for dry sticks in the wet environment.
Come on, somebody. We're coming to an end. When the fire was built, I want you to see that the viper came out and it fastened on the hand of Paul. The viper was always there, but the heat exposed the viper and it fastened on his hand. When you start to build fire for Jesus in your heart through prayer, fasting and giving, you might experience where some demons, particular sins might attack you and fasten to you. And then when a snake fastens, I want you to see this what happens next. People started to talk and they said this, the fate didn't let him live. He's a murderer. When you start building fire and you fall into sin, the devil starts whispering or maybe some repeated sin happens to you that you can't shake off. It says fastened, meaning it attaches itself and it doesn't want to let you go. It doesn't just bite and go back in the fire. It grabs onto your hand and it says, I will let go. And when that happens, you start hearing voices. God doesn't love you. You're inconsistent. You're a hypocrite. You're living one life and now you're living another life. And when that happens, something you need to understand that I want to share with you. You are not a murderer. You are not a failure. You are not a sinner. You are a revivalist attacked by a viper that's being exposed by the heat of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I remember when we came to the United States and for me it was my pastor who kindled my fire. He spoke to me that God will use me. When I was 13, 14 years of age, we were doing construction. Well, he was doing construction and we were there trying to act busy. And we would drive from construction sites back to church and in the van and he's talking about construction and he switches quickly and will say things like, you guys will do conferences. God will use you and we're sitting there like, we're just trying to get home and, and check on my space. We just want to go home and get a bicycle. We need to fix the tire in the bicycle. That was the only thing in our mind. And pastor was, and pastor was started. He would challenge us to pray. He would do that. And then I started to develop my own fasting life. Every Wednesday, I would begin to fast even in high school. And then I started to go where I would miss one Wednesday a week so I can lock myself from 6 to 6 at church. And nobody taught me to do that. But somebody kindled the fire and I knew I had to bring the bundle of sticks. Yes, my head would hurt. Yes, I felt like I didn't know what to pray for and the Bible kind of got dull when you're hungry. But I kept doing it. And then I started to have a problem which I had before. But it was quiet. Pornography. At the age of 14, 15, a viper fastened to the purity of my life. And it felt like, why am I struggling with this? If I'm praying, fasting and, and, and I am giving my life to Jesus. Guilt would crowd me like crazy. Voices would come inside. You're a pervert. You're terrible. You will never change. This guilt became so, so severe and so great. But one thing I'm so happy is that I had a pastor that I would go to and I would simply say, listen, this thing got attached to me. I need some help. I want to quit ministry and preaching. At the time I was just a youth leader and pastor would say, listen, this is not your end. You're not going to die by this. 
this is not going to define you you will overcome this you will beat this you're not a pervert you're still a man of God God's going to use you listen this snake is not going to eat you for lunch your fire is going to eat this snake whatever that's been fastened to your hand I want to tell you something it's an assignment of the devil to kill you it's an assignment of the devil to tell you that listen though the storm and the shipwreck didn't kill you you need to stop the fire now because look you have this addiction look you have this tendency look you have this outburst of anger look you have this repeated cycle your daddy had it your mama had it and now you have it and this snake is holding your hand down and it's not letting it go your life is over I want to tell you something the devil is a liar your life is not over. This snake is not going to eat you for lunch. There is something that's going to happen. God is not going to remove it from you. A preacher is not going to take it from you. But you are a person that has survived the storm. You survived the shipwreck and you know how to build fire. You with the power of the Spirit of God will learn how to shake it off. This snake, I want you to see, natives didn't remove it, doctor didn't remove it, nobody else did. Paul did. The same hands that find the dry sticks will be the very hands that will know how to shake things off. But the most beautiful part is when he shook it off, I want you to see where he threw that snake in, into the very fire he built. Many of you, your problem is when you get delivered from demons, those demons have to go in your fire. You can't put them in my fire, Janchi's fire, Bisoni's fire, your pastor's fire, your fire. That's why you get them delivered but you throw them where? They keep finding place back to you. You gotta throw them back in the fire you built back in the fire you build, back in your prayer life, back in your fasting life. That means the devil knows if he attached himself to you, you're not stopping prayer, you're not stopping fasting, you're not stopping giving, he will be tormented not just you. And one thing that I did is that I and I struggled with this addiction for a few years. I didn't stop praying. I didn't stop fasting. Yes, I felt guilty. Yes, I felt like something was sucking life out of me. But I knew one thing. You devil, you demon, you spirit of lust, you spirit of pornography. Listen, no matter how strong your grip is, as long as I cook you over my fire, I will cook you. You're not gonna cook me. You will be defeated. You will be disconnected. You will die. You will not define my life. You will refine my passion. Thank you Jesus. You know what happened? He shook it off and the Bible says he didn't swell and didn't fall meaning it never came back there was no residue it never surfaced again it didn't affect his future see the devil says you lost your virginity it will affect the future but if you threw that sexual sin into your fire I speak a prophetic word over your life your future will be as great as though there was no sin you will not swell and you will not fall see some of you you've done drugs and the devil said people said to you oh you, you come back to it oh 20 years down the road drug addict always a drug addict but if that viper left your head and it went into the flame you've been building and still building no swelling and no falling hallelujah hallelujah 
some of you have feared that your past will come back even if it does make sure that Pharaoh knows he's gonna drown in the Red Sea you will pass through the Red Sea the Pharaoh not gonna make it through the Red Sea no swelling and no falling somebody say amen and the fire killed that viper the reason the viper is attacking you it's not because you're a sinner the vipers always been there it's that when heat increased he attacked this attack is not a cancellation of your future it's a preparation for your destiny you may say how can the 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 the, the teeth of a viper in my hand be a preparation because what it does is it trains you to be a soldier in Egypt Israel was delivered from bondage in the promised land they achieved victory by fighting and God teaches you to fight you know what happened next the Bible says when he threw the viper in this fire people changed their mind and they said this he is God he is different and I want to tell you this never trust every voice in your head when you get attacked because the voices in your head they play games with you they will say things like you're not consistent God doesn't like people like you God will never use people like you because you're aware of your weakness you're aware of your inconsistencies you're aware of your struggles and the voices will say you can't make it as a minister you can't make it as a preacher God will never use your hands to heal the sick God will never use your voice to to do this and to do that God will never let you get married you, you will never have children your children will never come back to Christ you'll never have your own home you will never achieve this because of this and this and that the voice Voices in your head has to be silenced and you have to shake that off throw that into the fire and tell yourself this I'm a child of God I'm on a mission you know what happened next the Bible says the island start coming to Paul and Paul start laying those hands that got bitten the hands picked up the store the sticks and the hands that got bitten those were the hands that started to heal the sick and bring the healing to the island your hands that area that is being attacked will be the area they will be in the hands of God doing the attacking against the very enemy that was trying to attack you listen you just have to hang in there and remember God has this under your control don't just look for somebody to remove your viper throw him down into your fire Jesus I want us to rise to our feet right now maybe you are here today and you are like Paul you're in chains you've been shipwrecked you've been through a storm maybe you lost your passion for God maybe you became passive this morning I would like to give you an opportunity I would like to kindle with the help of the Holy Spirit a little spark inside of you to say breathe again fight again perhaps you are doing a little bit but you're recognizing the more you go after God the more attacks you get so you're thinking in your mind if I don't go after God attacks will stop the only people Satan doesn't attack are those on his team you don't want to be on his team I'll rather have him as my enemy and have me have him as my boss can somebody say amen and today is the day where God wants to bring freedom but first thing I want to open this altar if you sing glad I would like more of that fire of God I would like not to be passive I want to be that person who's passionate no matter what I want to build fire in my life through prayer fasting and giving I want to do that 
I want God to give me the desire to do that. I want to be that person. I want you to come out of your seat and just begin to come to the front. If you're saying, you know what, I want to gather bundle of sticks. I want to be the person that is passionately pursuing the Holy Spirit. Let's begin to come out of your seat. Let's begin to pursue Jesus together. Let's begin to pursue the Holy Spirit together. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed and we'll see you next week.